Dr. R.J. Rushduni, RR161P27, Work in Switzerland, from the Easy Chair, Excellent Colloquies on Various Subjects. This is R.J. Rushduni, Easy Chair number 114, January 27, 1986. It is our pleasure this evening to have with us Jean-Marc Bertou from Switzerland. Jean-Marc is one of our Calcedon staff men, and he represents us in Europe. Jean-Marc, it's a pleasure to have you with us here. It's a great pri privilege to be here with you. I think our audience would be very much interested in knowing something about uh, your work in Switzerland primarily as you deal with the parents there. Well, we have founded the Christian Parents Association in 1979, faced with problems that you know here of sexual education, non-directive education in schools, legislation on the part of the state to diminish the responsibility of the families, and uh, a number of uh, parents got together to see what could be done because uh, we were very struck by the fact that the churches were doing nothing at all. That in fact, uh, the public witness uh, of the Christian faith, whether from a Roman Catholic point of view, for, or from a Protestant or evangelical point of view, was going entirely by default. And that uh, as far as public issues were concerned, which concerned particularly the families, uh, all of us were parents of uh, several children and we were very concerned as to what was happening particularly in the schools. This witness, this Christian witness to such issues was not being heard at all. And I would say as far as Switzerland is concerned, from a particularly a Protestant point of view, had not been heard for at least a century. Uh, the churches have been dead as it were that long well it's a difficult story to tell because Switzerland is uh, known as the source of the Reformation mm -hmm. everyone knows that Calvin established uh, the Reformation in Geneva that the Canton de Vaux where I come from was a reformed Canton with one of the finest reformers, the great ethician, uh, ethicist called Pierre Viret, was the main preacher at the Cathedral of Lausanne for a number of years before the Bernese authorities who dominated the region threw him out. The question of the relation between church and state was already establishing itself in the 16th century. And uh, people think that uh, Switzerland is a uh, country, a conservative country, a country which uh, uh, defends its independence uh, with a militia army uh, with great uh, energy. Many people think that uh, Switzerland is still a conservative Christian nation. And this is a very uh, unfortunate error because the, as a result of the development uh, 
on the first hand of uh, rationalism in the theology of the Protestant churches in the 19th century, late 18th and 19th century, and the counter-reaction of a revival of uh, an essentially pietistic nature, which had certain beneficent uh, effects, but did not affect at all the public scene, uh, the Christian witness uh, on the public place in our country has completely uh, disappeared, at least uh, up till now. A little while ago, before we started uh, this easy chair, you were discussing the situation with regard to narcotics in your own area. Could you comment a bit about that? Yes, we have a lot of problem with narcotics. There's a considerable trade and a, a very considerable demand for drugs, particularly in the big cities in Switzerland. And some of the statistics are extremely alarming with regard to this. Some of the narcotic traffic has been dismantled. For example, we have refugees coming from Sri Lanka, Tamil were coming into Switzerland and uh, they're coming through the Eastern European countries and uh, the Swiss immigration laws are very strict as many of you know but uh, uh, with regard to refugees there are a number of loopholes which these people have been uh, using and uh, part of the refugees uh, have been using this uh, situation to introduce uh, considerable drug traffic in our country and uh, one sees with a certain anxiety the the attitude of the young people who uh, find satisfaction in such uh, unfortunate practices it is also extremely uh, well as we are very anxious also at the suicide rate amongst young people it's the highest cause for death up to the age of 25 in Switzerland. We have this also in the northern European countries, but one feels that the young people have a sense of nihilism. They have no sense of purpose in their lives. The materialism of our very prosperous society does not satisfy them anymore. And uh, one feels that because of the uh, badly based family and school education which they have received, which doesn't develop strength of character, they are extremely fragile at uh, the, the first trial that falls on them, and suicide comes extremely easily. And for a while the government refused to publish the statistics, but we managed to get these statistics recently, and uh, they are very, very disturbing. On the whole, one has the impression uh, in Switzerland and in many European countries that these societies have no longer any desire to survive. They have a, a kind of death wish, a death instinct. They, they do not reproduce. The reproduction rate is very low. If it were not for foreign introduction of foreign populations who have a tendency to have more children, already the situation would be much worse than it is now. It is really quite tragic because uh, the heritage which gave meaning to our civilization, which was the Christian heritage, both from the Roman Catholic and from the Protestant point of view, has been petering out. 
I will just give you one statistic. For example, uh, church-going attendance in Switzerland is about 5% on Sundays. Well, that's more than is reported in England. And uh, I believe more than is reported for France, is it not? Well, I don't know for the statistics in France, but I know that there you have a very strong religious decline. Um, with regard to France, uh, the Reformed churches have uh, completely abandoned the Reformed faith and any confidence whatsoever in the scriptures. And the faculties are all uh, have all gone over to liberal or neo-orthodox teaching and more than that to liberation theology and uh, things of this kind amongst the evangelicals you have a certain revival by the establishment of new churches in different parts of the country but this is a very small beginning in the Roman Catholic Church there is an extraordinary disarray because the bishops and the hierarchy and many of the priests are not giving any clear direction anymore. Um, it's uh, very unfortunate, for example, uh, on the... There was, you may have heard of a very uh, violent uh, controversy between the government and the Roman Catholic schools in France uh, about uh, a year and a half ago when the biggest mass demonstrations ever recorded in French history took place in different French towns, and particularly in Paris, where you had more than a million parents, indignant parents, uh, gathered together, the direction of these meetings was in the hand of the hierarchy, of the Roman Catholic hierarchy. And some non-Christians were very struck by the fact that in the, all the speeches made on that occasion, the name of God was not mentioned once. So there was a desire to defend the private schools, the Christian schools, the Catholic schools, mainly in France, because there are very few Protestant schools. But there was absolutely no desire to defend them in the name of God. Yes, uh, that's an interesting fact. Uh, it's also, I think, very significant that neither in France nor in Switzerland, nor elsewhere for that matter, has the initiative come from the clergy, but predominantly from the laity. That is absolutely true. Uh, the clergy, for example, in our Christian Parents Association, where we take up the issues as they come on the political scene and trying to give uh, precise Christian answers in a language which is accessible to uh, our politicians we have had more favorable response from the politicians themselves on the whole uh, than from the clergy mm -hmm. well the suicidal aspect of Europe that you mentioned uh, I think is very interesting the United States as you know is a nation of immigrants and as a result the people of this country have deep roots in some European country or sometimes other countries, but predominantly European. 
And they remember the country as they last saw it, or as their parents described it, which is usually some years back. And they find it a shock to see the changes that have transpired. I think what people need to realize is that Scripture is true when it says, All they that hate me love death. Well, this is absolutely manifest in our civilization, European civilization. And unless you have a spiritual revival, that is a revival of uh, faith uh, in God and in the scriptures, which is not simply a personal faith and a faith concerning essentially uh, affairs uh, related to the church, uh, the institutional church, but a faith which is bound on, uh, founded on the scriptures which relates itself to all the aspects of uh, man's life in uh, his society. Unless you have a revival of this kind of faith, I think one cannot have much hope for a survival of uh, Western civilization in Europe. We are going to be faced with an invasion uh, from North Africa, from other parts of the world where uh, the population growth is much stronger. And uh, we, we will not see even a possibility of surviving economically, I think, in the long run. This is creating very strong problems in France where the present government has been opening the uh, gates for the immigration from North Africa in order to create a anarchical situation which might be favorable for the installation of uh, uh, or the maintenance of the socialist regime at present. But this is provoking extremely violent reactions on the part of the French population which is naturally not racialist at all. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned before we started the fact that the intellectuals in France have broken with Marxism. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. Uh, when I was in uh, Paris in the, in the early 60s as a student, it was impossible to maintain publicly a conservative position on uh, social issues, for example, on in economics, for example, to defend the free market without being publicly ridi ridiculized. Uh, I will give you an example. Uh, some of uh, von Mises' books are available in French uh, as from 1947, and they are not out of print. That's uh, to show you the lack of interest there was for conservative economics. Now, partly I think as a result of uh, the writings of Solzhenitsyn, which have had a great impact in France, despite uh, some blockage on the part of the media, partly as a result of uh, an experience, a catastrophic experience, uh, related to the present socialist uh, government, uh, particularly uh, in the economic field, a great number of French intellectuals have become disillusioned with Marxism. They haven't uh, gone over to, uh, uh, well, apart from a few remarkable exceptions, they haven't gone over to the Christian faith, but they've become disillusioned with Marxism to the extent that one can say it is becoming quite out of fashion 
in France and uh, unpopular to be a Marxist in intellectual spheres. And I'm told that this is very different from the situation in the United States, where the intellectual elite, if one can call them that, in the universities, uh, are still very much influenced by uh, socialist uh, thinking. Yes, they are very much so, but we hope that some counter-trends will set in before long. How does uh, Europe view the threat from the East, the Soviet Union, the problem of Central Europe and the captive nations? Or do they simply try to block out that problem? Um, I would say that uh, there is a general uh, minimization of the seriousness of the threat. Though uh, we were surprised, really surprised, to see that uh, the tremendous pacifist offensive which uh, greeted some of the American proposals to introduce uh, missiles in Western Europe to counter the Russian missiles, we were very surprised to see, in fact, that the governments stood firm and the pacifist propaganda uh, was, in fact, defeated, even in Holland, which was quite exceptional. Now, on the whole, probably in France, to take an example in France, I will speak of the government now, the socialist government was firmer with the Russians than were the previous... Uh, governments of uh, Giscard. There was a much firmer attitude on the part of Mitterrand with regard to Gorbachev when he visited Paris uh, last year than could have been expected. But uh, on the whole there is a general tendency to wish to think that the danger does not exist. For example uh, we get much of our uh, methane gas from the Soviet Union at present mm -hmm. and we are in a growing dependence on this uh, methane gas from the Soviet Union and nobody seems to understand that this is a strategic danger mm -hmm. uh, I would say that the Reagan-Gorbachev summit in Geneva was a major success for the Russians on the propaganda level uh, because I would, since Carter, the Americans have been saying that Russians are, the Russian communism is intrinsically perverse and uh, must be combated at all costs. But the summit made people think that if uh, uh, Mr. Reagan could be so cordial and uh, uh, amicable in his relations with Mr. Gorbachev, things must have changed. And people are always speaking about uh, this new man from. Uh, from uh, Russia with his attractive wife and so on and so on and any statement that communism doesn't change in its nature because the structure is fixed uh, is greeted with a certain skeptical smile so I would say that the Gorbachev summit uh, Reagan summit was a, a success for the Russians because they normalize the image, if I can say. They, they, people begin to, to think again that uh, uh, there is nothing very different between communism and uh, other different regimes in this world.
you've been able to organize the Catholic and Protestant parents of Switzerland into an effective entity so that now the politicians know that you're a force in the country. Yes, sir. I would limit this because uh, we are working on... Uh it must be remember, remember that Switzerland is not a nation, but a confederation yes. of 23 nations. Mm -hmm. And uh, local government is very important, cantonal government, as we call it. And uh, education, for example, is entirely a gov uh, local matter. There is, except for the universities, two of the big universities which are controlled by the central government. So our association is essentially directed towards activities in the local canton of Vaux in which you are situated but we do intervene in uh, federal matters occasionally but we don't have the strength at present to to work on that level but oh. we have had some success and uh, we are very struck by the way in which uh, uh, our authorities are listening to what we are saying we are surprised in fact by the attention they are giving us how about the university students in Europe? Uh, you've had some contact with them. Not very much, uh, not very much, because we don't have enough time to go into the, onto the campuses and so on. You have been on a few, though, yes, and have but, lectured. Uh, yes, but uh, one feels there that uh, there is a considerable, at least in Switzerland, a considerable indifference to any matters of serious interest. The main interest of these students is to further their own career and there is not uh, a sense of public uh, service present amongst them or uh, one doesn't feel an urgent need for uh, commitment to certain values and to act in society even from the point of view of uh, socialism and Marxism they are relatively indifferent at least in Switzerland in France, it may be very different. What you have just described is similar to the statements made by professors, radical professors, in this country. They feel that uh, the students of today are unworthy successors of those of the 60s and early 70s because they are interested in career advancement rather than any issues, any matters of uh, national and international concern. I would say this is at least accurate for Switzerland as well, but, but this may be due to the extreme prosperity of our country. Mm -hmm. Now, to come back to our Christian Parents Association, we founded uh, this association in order to bring together Roman Catholic and Protestant parents to stand up against the secularization of uh, society, particularly with regard to the schools and to the family issues, abortion, uh, family legislation, and so on. And we have been uh, very struck by the fact that uh, for so long the Christian voice was not heard in this field. And what we do is take up issues as they come up and work out uh, biblical uh, and very well informed, as well informed as we can, response to these issues. Now, we have a problem 
which we faced since the beginning that the media have been immediately hostile to our activity. We have had no, pretty well, no hearing in the media, neither on television, on the radio, nor uh, in the published press. So we had to work out a strategy uh, taking into account the situation and uh, uh, trying to bypass this blockage in the communication. We've come to the conclusion that the media don't serve any kind of information purpose, that they are the media serve essentially a purpose of distracting attention of the public from real issues. Now, what we have done is to develop uh, lists of uh, personalities in different fields, for example, uh, deputies in the local parliaments, judges, uh, mayors in the local towns. Uh, we have, uh, we can ex have access now to the clergy in the whole of French-speaking Switzerland. And we feel that we have to reach out to those in authority, not to subvert their authority, but to gain their minds and their wills to positions which are sensible and comprehensive and Christian. And we hope that this work, uh, in a sense, is a kind of long-term evangelization of the nation. Uh, not an evangelization acting in the void as much evangelization does, but an evangelization coming to people. Because you see, what we felt in the situation was that most Swiss citizens considered the Christian religion totally irrelevant to the situation. And in a sense they were right, because the Christianity that was presented to them was in fact irrelevant. And we wanted to bring to their attention that the Christian faith as it really was, the historical Christian faith, was not irrelevant at all. And I think we have managed uh, in this first step uh, to attain the attention, to reach the attention of our authorities. I will give you a little example. Three years ago, in the Canton de Vaux, a new educational law was proposed, which uh, was the result of 25 years or 30 years of leftist agitation in the canton. And uh, finally it was decided to establish uh, in our schools what they call in England the comprehensive schools. I don't know how you call it here. Uh, it's a unique school. You have no differentiation in the school system. All go through the same school system. And, uh, well, it was an extremely uh, disadvantageous solution. Now, we where we had reacted into the situation sufficiently previously to have attracted the attention of the educational authorities who consulted us officially, as they did many other organizations on to the, as to our opinions with regard to this law. And we answered this uh, consultation not by discussing detailed aspects of this law, but by discussing the principles in this law and showing that the principles were contrary to the good of the society in which we were living and could not be applied that, for example, the principle of a single school system was not at all satisfactory in a society where people were not in agreement as to the nature in a pluralist society. So one of the points that we did raise on in, our, in, our, in the brochure we, we published 
and we sent it out to all the deputies in the parliament, local parliament, one of the points we raised was that the previous school law authorized the teaching of scripture in school. And this article which authorized the teaching of scripture in the public schools was now deleted. They hadn't opposed it, they had simply removed it. And we saw this as extremely dangerous. This was one of the points. I mean, there were many others. Because once the article was deleted, they could say uh, the Christian faith had no place whatsoever in the public education. And this, of course, was the aim of the legislator. So we sent out our reaction to the deputies, and on the day that the debate in the local parliament uh, began, a number of conservative deputies met and they were absolutely appalled because they realized that the conservative elements in the local government were advocating left-wing reforms and that they were always being defeated by this technique and uh, at one moment one of the deputies says what can we do there's nothing we can do and a friend of our association said in a in an ironical way, uh, because uh, our work is not uh, openly popular, in an ironical way, says the only people who are right in this issue are the Christian Parents Association and their proposals. And to his astonishment, he found that the 30 or 40 deputies present were in entire agreement with him. And that same evening, I received a telephone call asking me what, do I, what did I suggest as a strategy. And of course, we could not implement our suggestions in the introduce our suggestions in the new law because the new law was too contrary to the principles we were defending but I said we must defend one point and that is the restoration of this right of the school to teach scripture because if you have that door opened then you can later introduce many other things if that door is shut it will be almost impossible to introduce anything and in my mind, of course, came uh, the example of the United States, where the door has been pretty well totally shut in the public schools to any kind of Christian witness and the Christian teaching. And I said, you must use this debate to make known the ideas that are present in our response, which, are f which you consider to be favorable. And these ideas were used in the debate, appeared in the press and so on, not as the expression of our association, but as the expression of the opinion of a certain number of deputies, which was in fact far more effective. What is amazing is that the article was reintroduced. And now we have maintained in the, in the school system in the Canton de Vaux the right to have biblical instruction. The quality of the biblical instruction is not very good, I must say, but uh, it's at least an open door. If you take the, the canton of Geneva, which is just, just next door, this right does not exist. And school teachers who read the Bible in school or do any kind of... Uh, speak about God in their teaching and so on are liable to prosecution, uh, just as it is the case in the United States. So, here is an example of the kind of effective action we can take. Now, 
we want our wishes not to develop the association that we have uh, to cover the whole of French-speaking Switzerland or even the whole of French-speaking Europe. It would seem to me that such an uh, organization would not be very useful. What we want is to stimulate parents in localities to start establishing other associations of this kind and to react into the situation so that everywhere the minds of the people in authority can be brought to, uh, to it, the thinking of these people can be brought to the attention of what the Christian response to uh, the problems of our political authorities. Because our, if you develop a society in contra contrary to God's law, you will inevitably produce dramatic problems. And if you have people offering sensible and uh, balanced answers to these problems, then it's, uh, we get the attention of the people because they have responsibilities. There are not all, uh, many of these public authorities have some concern for the well-being of their locality, particularly on the local, uh, local level. One thing we also do, because we feel it's very important that our documents be balanced, we generally consult a certain, certain number of orthodox theologians from the Reformed or Roman Catholic or evangelical standpoints to ask their advice as to the declarations we make, uh, positions we take before we publish them in order to get a more balanced uh, exposition of the position. And we found that though this implies quite a lot more work, we arrive at uh, uh, documents which are more, much more satisfactory, much more complete. It's a kind of uh, ecumenical council uh, by correspondence. You know. <laughs> How about the situation with regard to abortion? What is the situation legally in Switzerland and no. in France? Uh, in Switzerland, uh, abortion is only permitted uh, for uh, in cases of risk for the life of the mother and uh, the right to abort must be signed, countersigned by two doctors. Now, of course, this implies a reasonably strict, I would say, total exclusion of abortion as it's hardly ever do we find a case where there is really, with advance of prison medical science, where there is ever really a case of, uh, of risk for the life of the mother. But uh, in Switzerland, the situation is uh, varied with regard to the uh, to the abortion issue because we have Roman Catholic cantons and Protestant cantons. To show you the decline of the Reformed faith in Switzerland, I would say that almost all the Protestant cantons have extremely liberal application of this law, so that you can have almost uh, abortion on demand, but perhaps not in the later stages of uh, pregnancy. It's extremely easy, for example, in Lausanne Hospital to, get, have, to be aborted, to have the child killed. It's extremely easy. Now, in the Roman Catholic cantons, where you have uh, traditional Roman 
Catholic teaching still holding strong, uh, it's very difficult to... Uh, in some of the cantons, the nursing personnel has refused to participate in abortions, with the result that in those cantons there are no abortions at all, at least in the hospitals. They, of course, go to the neighboring canton, which is not very far. But uh, this resistance is quite strong in the Roman Catholic cantons. Uh, with regard to Switzerland, we had a votation last year, and this will show you the indifference of the population to these issues. Uh, we had a public initiative launched by uh, signatures uh, gathered by... We had perhaps twice the number of signatures required for launching of a public initiative, because in Switzerland you can la launch public laws by initiative of the people. And there was an initiative which demanded that be inscribed in the Constitution what they call the right to life. That is, that uh, the Constitution would protect uh, human life from conception to what was called in the document natural death. That would have prevented legally abortion, infanticide, and euthanasia, and also um, in vitro fertilization. Now, in June last year, we had a votation on this issue. Only one-third of the population accepted to vote, which is very low. Usually it's quite low in Switzerland because we have too many votations. You vote perhaps ten times a year. <laughs> but uh, eight times a year perhaps. One third of the, po on an issue of this importance, one third of the people, the population decided to go to the booths. Of these, one third accepted to protect the life of the weakest elements in the population. So, I mean, when I speak of uh, will to suicide, I think it's not too, uh, too weak a term. In France, uh, you have a quite a liberal abortion law, and we have had lots of scandals in France, of course, because of the use of uh, uh, these dead babies for cosmetics and for rejuvenating t tissues. This, uh, we have, in, the Fr in France, they have tried to, to have legal processes against these people, but without success, against these uh, labor laboratories. It's, I mean, when you think of the child being used to rejuvenate old, uh, old tissues, I mean, it's nothing else but cannibalism, in my yes. opinion. Well, here, those who've tried to call attention to the use of the aborted babies for cosmetic purposes are viciously slandered. And uh, again and again, the statement is made, this is pure myth, it is not done, and so on. Oh, we have a judge in Paris, I uh, forget his name now, who has written a book on the subject, and he investigated the matter very thoroughly and uh, came to very positive uh, conclusions on the, uh, on the question. There, there seems to be little doubt. Uh, perhaps uh, four years ago, a truck was stopped at the frontier between France and Switzerland, not far from Lausanne, where I live. And it was marked, it was a truck coming from uh, what they call an ice truck or something, a uh, mm. freezer. Yes. 
it was marked on the papers that you had veal meat coming from Hungary. And they opened it up and it was a truck full of uh, babies, dead babies, going to factories in France for cosmetic purposes. This came out in the papers for once, but uh, there must be many other uh, cases of the sort. Now, it's perhaps better also to speak of uh, positive elements in the situation, because this is a yeah. rather negative uh, perspective I've given you. Uh, from a reform point of view, one of the p most positive elements in the situation is that uh, for the last ten years has existed in Aix-en-Provence in the south of France, near Marseille, a reform seminary which uh, has returned to the standards of the Reformation. Not merely the standards of traditional reformed uh, piety, but to the standards of the Reformation, considering not only that uh, one is only saved by grace through faith, but also by the whole Word of God. Not only sola gratia, sola fide, but sola Tota Scriptura, the whole of the Word of God. And it's extremely interesting because this uh, faculty is developing more and more in the direction of careful studies on ethical questions. Very in good. A, the, they have a review which is called the Revue Reformée, the Reformed Review. The last issue was related entirely to family matters from an ethical point of view, a biblical point of view. And the previous issue on educational matters. So it's encouraging to see that you have a faculty there uh, with uh, 100 students, five full-time professors, all of them who have to hold to these reform standards, and uh, who are giving a teaching which is uh, really in conform to the full-orbed Christian faith. And they have uh, reasonably good con collaboration with Roman Catholics who are working in the same direction. Um, we have, uh, with some friends, established a little review called Promesse. Yes. And this review is uh, geared essentially to uh, ethics and apologetics, but on a much lower intellectual level, in order not to reach those who are uh, theologically uh, educated, but those in the parishes, in the, in the churches, particularly in the evangelical churches, but we want to go out far beyond that to reach even those Roman Catholics who, are, who do not know what to think and what to believe, our aim is essentially to educate the age group from about 25 to 40 who are professional, professionally engaged, and who want answers ethical answers to the problems they have in their professions. And this is very encouraging. We have uh, openings in France uh, amongst organizations which are developing evangelization in a more classical way, and they want to use our review as a doctrinal base, which is very encouraging. This is going to open quite a new field for our work. So these are considerable encouragements. With regard to our Christian Parents Association, um, I would say this, that there is a considerable demand coming from different parts of France and Switzerland for the establishment of other associations of this kind. And these 
couldn't have met if it were possible to encourage these people mm -hmm. to go and speak to them, to show them how it could be done and so on, to give one find people in the locality who could do this, uh, organize it, show them the, the method and so on. So there is considerable encouragement. I would say one of the elements which encourages me most is the interest that we have in the United States for our work. Uh, this quite amazes me in a sense because uh, there's a language barrier, there are difficulties of culture, but there is a sense, and I feel a growing sense in, uh, amongst Christians in, in the United States, that there's something dramatic happening in Europe, and if it's not stopped, uh, the situation of the United States itself will become extremely weak. Um, the Council for National Policy, for example, held a Congress in uh, Lausanne uh, earlier this year, last year, in uh, June, I think, the beginning of June. And it was quite clear I attended this Congress, and, uh, and it was quite clear that there was a very considerable interest in the situation in Europe and the International Policy Forum had a meeting in Paris, near Paris in Saint-Germain-en-Laye later on in the year. And there again we saw that there was this uh, anxiety about the situation in Europe and the wish to help and to, to develop the situation. And I think this is fitting in a sense because if you look at the Protestant, Protestant tradition, the Reformation in America came from England partly from Holland, partly from Germany, but in this reformed aspect, it came essentially from French-speaking uh, Switzerland, from Geneva, from Vaux, and from France. And it would seem to be normal that uh, the reformed Christians in the United States, or those who hold to uh, the living aspects of the reformed faith, should take concern for those regions of the world which have given them such riches. Well, you know, it's an interesting fact. Uh, the European heritage is very strong in this country. Most people assume that it is predominantly English, but the fact is the number of people with a German ancestry is roughly equivalent to that of those with an English ancestry. The problem uh, in computing the data there is that so many of the German families uh, Americanized their names. Yes. <laughs> Mueller became Miller. But I would give you, an, I would give you an example in the, in the Reform tradition. Of a, exactly the same case, Dabney, Robert yes. Louis Dabney, is yes. a descendant Dabney. of Agrippa yes. d'Aubigny, yes. who was a remarkable theologian yes. and poet and historian yes. uh, of the latter part of the 16th century and beginning well, of the 17th century. One of our most famous presidents, Abraham Lincoln. His grandfather's name was German, Lincoln. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the interesting fact that is not generally known is how many of the Huguenots came to this country and disappeared into the population because they were so bitter against what had transpired there that they changed their names they refused to speak French 
at home. Yes, I can understand that. The bitterness was intense, but that Huguenot tradition was very, very deep and powerful in the Reformed communities in this country. Many of those people who lived out in the country, for example, in the South, and were very poor when they first came here, would walk 10 and 20 miles on a Sunday morning to church. Yes, sir. And were insistent, even though they spoke almost no English when they arrived, that only English would be spoken. Their faith was intense, and their bitterness about what had happened in France was intense. Now, it's quite clear to me that uh, the French Revolution has its sources in the development of uh, the autonomy of the French monarchy, which uh, considered itself above the laws it had itself edicted. Yes. And the revocation of the Edict of Nantes, which was celebrated the first century, was celebrated last year. Yeah, with certain pomp in France and in Switzerland, but an ironical pomp in my opinion, yes. uh, was one of the causes, fundamental causes of the uh, judgment that fell on France through the French Revolution. Uh, someone told me that uh, while Bastille Day is important to the French government, to the people, uh, Napoleon's birthday would be more important. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Which shows that the official and the popular things are very different here. Oh, yes, very different. We have uh, a clear notion that, for example, in, in, in our country, the people of the population is very anxious about this growth of, uh, of refugees, number of refugees, mm -hmm. and the government was quite indifferent of, to this question mm -hmm. until... Uh, certain recently in Geneva and, and Vaux in the local elections, a uh, number of people, a very important number of people, started voting for uh, extreme right parties. Mm -hmm. At that moment, the government decided to intervene. <laughs> but previously to that, it had no policy and could do nothing, apparently. And intervened in a very stupid fashion, unfortunately. Well... But I would just perhaps raise one other point, is the new matrimonial law which was accepted by the Swiss people last year, in September, which completely uh, disrupts the traditional notion of the family by establishing total equality between man and wife in the family, and thus forcing the family to appeal to an outside authority for decision. <laughs> and they have established the outside authority to be the state. Now, a referendum was launched against that, and we succeeded in obtaining a referendum, but during the votation we lost the referendum. Why? Because the Roman Catholic bishops accepted this reform, this uh, change in the law, considered it to be a Christian law because it defended the right to equality of the women. Now, it is one of the most dangerous aspects of our situation is that the hierarchy in the Roman Catholic Church is going possibly more to the left than the socialists themselves. Every time the state interferes in the name of equality, what it means is you will be equally helpless before the power of the state. <laughs> That's exactly that. Every move 
towards equality has sometimes done something for some minority group, but basically it has furthered state power. Many of you perhaps do not know that Switzerland does not, is not a member of the United Nations. Mm -hmm. But uh, we are losing our national character so fast that there is a, a very strong campaign at present, and there's going to be a votation in March, for Switzerland to enter into the United Nations. That would be sad. No. It's really sad. I mean, I think the population does not follow the government in this. But the government has the will to participate in all these imaginary discussions that take place in uh, such organizations. The illusion of power, of world power. Mm -hmm. Well, the United Nations is becoming more and more impotent and yet more and more accepted as necessary which is ironic <laughs> <laughs> um, one other point perhaps I could make is that uh, I feel the whole situation in the French-speaking Europe is similar to that of the Macedonians who were calling out to Paul for help mm -hmm. and I think we need help in this way first in prayer I think that we need the prayer of uh, the American churches. We need also, for example, the ex-faculty would need a certain amount of financial support because uh, it is not dependent on any church being geared to the reformation of the reformed church. Of course, the reformed church authorities are standing against it and doing all they can to stop its work. And uh, it would be interesting for Americans visiting Europe to try and understand more carefully the situation that we are faced up with today. One of the things that has led to the very real Christian revival we are experiencing here in the United States is the fact that because of the dereliction of the clergy, Catholic and Protestant, it became necessary for Christians to develop and deepen their own faith. I think we have the same situation in yes. Europe. You had here all kinds of home Bible study groups, uh, Catholic and Protestant, so that uh, the laity has become theologically alive and awake in this country. And uh, your organization, perhaps, is the beginning of that thing happening in Europe also. That, that is what we hope <laughs> and we pray for. Well, our time is drawing to a close. Uh, I think we have about five minutes more. Are there any other things you'd like to tell our Chalcedon family uh, before we conclude this session? Uh, I'm not at all pessimistic about the situation, I would say, because I think that uh, what has lacked in the general situation in, uh, in Europe has been uh, trust on the part of Christians on the power, as to the power of the truth. My father, who was a minister and a missionary in South Africa, used to say that evil and untruth are contagious, but the truth itself is irresistible. Mm -hmm. And I think that what uh, has lacked in our situation, and perhaps uh, elsewhere in the world, is a clear consciousness 
on the part of the Christians that Jesus Christ identifies with his truth and where his truth is proclaimed but in a way which is applicable to his creation to, his, to the order of his creation where the truth is proclaimed in a clear and balanced way it has the backing of the Holy Spirit and can have and has inevitably tremendous power yes well our time is up it's been very good to have you with us John Mark and uh, We'll look forward to your return before too long a time passes, and we pray for God's blessing upon your work in Switzerland and throughout Europe. And thank you for all you do. Thank you. Authorized by the Calcedon Foundation. Archived by the Mount Olive Tape Library. Digitized by ChristRules.com.